Thank you for joining us today for Poetry Centered, the podcast that features recorded poetry readings from VOCA, the audiovisual archive of the University of Arizona Poetry Center. Each episode features a contemporary poet who curates and introduces selections from the archive. I'm Julie Swarstead Johnson, here to welcome you to the show. Our host today is Allison Adele Hedgecoke, poet, writer, scholar, distinguished professor at UC Riverside, and the author of numerous volumes of poetry, including her most recent, Burn. She's also edited numerous anthologies, including the Effigy series, gathering work by indigenous writers of North America and the Pacific. In this episode, Allison shares work by Juan Felipe Herrera, Quincy Troop, and Arthur Z poets who have educated and influenced her through their creative leadership and the belonging they create for others. Allison closes with an evocation of another kind of educator, the ghosts who linger with us. Allison, thank you so much for guiding us today. Allison Adele Hedgecock, recording at Kaimuki, Oahu. Let us gather in a flourishing way, Saturday, March 14th, 2009. This poem feels like a keystone of poetry, a milestone of poetic rich with words and song and story throughout dozens of books and recordings, a call for us to come together with abundance and love. It is an early hint of the force that would be gathering all of us, poets, workers, thinkers, players, learners, teachers, all of us together to do more to see more, to taste and to experience more, to breathe and to bless more. It is a landmark and a wave to write upon this poem. Juan Felipe Herrera is a laureate of laureates, a poet's poet, a fantastic poet leader in the times we move through. Herrera is for me and so many others a gift that continues to make offerings that delight and encourage us no matter our pain. He's forgiving of all of that and helps us to transcend what it is to rise again together. He's a gatherer, a leader, the real deal. Come into this poem with a heavy heart and leave it with lightness. That is the gift you will connect to here. This is Juan Felipe Herrera reading Let Us Gather in a Flourishing Way. Let us gather in a flourishing way. It's like 1970. Let us gather in a flourishing way. This is, I think, what we're all doing today. And Patty and Chris and the whole team at the press is doing. And uh, all the writers. And my nephew, Jesus, and all of you here today. Let us gather in a flourishing way with sun loose grains abriendo los cantos que cargamos cada día en el young pasto nuestro cuerpo para regalar y dar feliz perlas, pearls of corn flowing, árboles de vida en las cuatro esquinas. Let us gather in a flourishing way, contentos, llenos de fuerza, tu vida. Giving nacimientos to fragrant ríos, dulces, frescos, verdes, turquoise, strong. Carne de nuestros hijos, rainbows, let us gather in a flourishing way. En la luz y en la carne of our heart to toil, 
Tranquilos in fields of blossoms, juntos to stretch los brazos, tranquilos with the rain. En la mañana, temprana estrella on our forehead. Cielo de calor and wisdom to meet us, where we toil siempre, in the garden of our struggle and joy. Let us gather, offer our hearts a saludar our águila rising freedom, a celebrar woven brazos, branches, ramas, Piedras, nopales, plumas, piercing, bursting, figs and aguacates, ripe mariposa fields and mares claros of our face. To breathe todos en el camino, blessing seeds, to give, to grow, maislan, en las manos de nuestro amor. for my father Friday April 27 2001 I chose this poem a tribute Quincy Troop wrote for his father Quincy Troop Sr an all-star catcher in the Negro Leagues as it is their 100 year anniversary they were giants then and their legacy remains so today as always Troop whose own name gives us a sense of touring of motion brings us keen perspective of identity, and breaking out into stylistic maneuver, his original, what I call his running style of writing, like Miles Davis's playing, like calligraphers developing a new method of highly stylized writing, like those ball players serving up the madness of life in a field game ending at home plate. Troop in his tremendous artistic movement through the world has a poetic that is more than adventure, it actively familiarizes us with each entry, giving us an emic belongingness and a saturation of beingness, something Troop deftly delivers, informs us, delivers us way past the information into a realm where we are immersed in the feeling. It's music. He homes us. In this poem, Quincy Troop brings us into his father's world, ways, and the coolness of a father's presence to his child. Troop is an influence who has given me a grip on poetry I'm truly grateful for. I was raised by my father, and this complex and wild tribute's an immediate kick for me. The realness of it, like a dance we are deep within, I love it. Let yourself unwind fully and escape into the scene playing out here while you take it to the bleachers for the brave performance by Quincy Troop of a poem for my father. And now I have to read one for my father. This is out of Charlotte because she's from St. Louis and so I thought I would do this. <laughs> my father was a great baseball player. He played in the uh, old Negro Leagues. He's one of the most famous baseball players to come out of uh, that time. Uh, probably the second greatest catcher of all time in the old Negro Leagues. And uh, so this poem is kind of set in the late 40s. A poem for my father, for my father, Quincy Troupe Sr. The other thing is all the films that you see on the Black Baseball League, whenever you see any of those films, uh, they're my father's films. He took those home movies. Father, it was an honor to be there in the dugout with you. The glory of great black men swinging their lives as bats at tiny white balls, burning in at unbelievable speeds, riding up and in and out, a curve breaking down wicket like a ball 
falling off a high table, moving away, snaking down, screwing his stitch magic into chilling circuit air, its comma scene spinning toward breakdown, dipping like a hipster, bebopping a knee-deep stride into Charlie Parker 40s, wrist curling like a swan's neck behind a slick black back, coming an invisible ball of dreams. And you there, father, regal as an African, a boa man, a boa man, sculpted out of wood from a sacred tree of no name, no place origin, thick branches, thick roots branching down into Cherokee and someplace else lost way back in Africa, the sap running dry, crossing from North Carolina into Georgia, inside grandmother Mary's womb, who was your mother, and had you there in the violence of that red song, ink blotter news gone now into blood and bone graves of American blues, sponging, rococo, truth long gone as dinosaurs, the Agent Orange landscape of former names, absent of African polysyllables, dry husk continents there now in their place, names flat as polluted rivers, and that guitar string smile always snaking across some virulent American redneck space, scorching like atomic heat, mushrooming over Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the fever blistered shadows of it all, ink as body etchings into sizzle concrete. But you there, father, through it all, a yard bird solo, ripping on batten ball glory, breaking down all fabricated myths of white major league legends of who was better than who, beating them at their own crap game with killer bats as Bud Powell swung his silence into beauty of a Josh Gibson home run, skittering across piano keys of bleachers, shattering all manufactured legends up there in lights, struck out white knights on the risky slip edge of amazement, all the miraculous truths slipping through, steep and disguised in the blues, confluencing like the point at the cross when a fastball hides itself up in a shimmying slide, a curve, breaking down and away in a wicked slide grin, curved and broken down, broke down like the back of an ass-scratching Uncle Tom, who like old Satchel Page delivering his feigned hesitation pitch before coming back with a high, hard, fast one rising. It's sometimes slicker, slipping and sliding, and quicker than a professional hitman, the deadliness of it all, the sudden strike like that of the brown bummer's short crossing right, or the hook of Sugar Ray Robinson's lightning cobra bite, and you there, father, through it all, yeah, catching rhythms of China Pozo balls, drumming like Cuban conga beats, and your catcher's mitt hard and fast as... <coughs> Cool Papa Bell jumping into bed before the lights went out of the old Negro Baseball League. A promise you were a father, a harbinger of shockwaves soon come. Adamant, Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I made a direct request to Arthur Z for this next poem. I'm exceptionally thrilled Z has a new and collected works with Copper Canyon Press, The Glass Constellation. This poem will be included within it. I first read Adamant in his 10th book, Sightlines, a gorgeous collection. Arthur was my first poetry mentor. His teaching and his work changed my life literally, gave me direction. I'm a better person from having met him in the time I did and having learned so much from him during the two years I studied with him and all the years following. There's not another poet like Arthur. 
He's a rare human, a deep and graceful poet whose intelligence and sense of curiousness of everything surrounding us is often coupled with the stark realities of human existence, with geographies and physiological presences we are born from and collide into, and the science of our beingness and its beauty hold us like some cosmic glue to find luster in everything, no matter the pain. Somewhere in this poem, you're likely to find yourself. Hold on tight. The lift there is like tumbling rocks. Here's Arthur Z. reading Adamant. Adamant. Deer browse at sunrise in an apple orchard, while honey locust leaves litter the walk. A neighbor hears gunshots in the bosque and wonders who's firing at close range. I spot bear prints near the Powaki River, but see no sign of the reported mountain lion. As chlorophyll slips into the roots of a cottonwood and the leaves burst into yellow gold, I wonder, where's our mortal flare? You can travel to where the Tigris and Euphrates flow together and admire the inventions of people living on floating islands of reeds. You can travel along an archipelago and hike among volcanic pools steaming with water and sulfuric acid, but you can't change the eventual adamant body. Though death might not come like a curare-dipped dart blown out of a tube, or slam at you like surf breaking over black lava rock, it will come, it will come, and it unites us, brother, sister, boxer, spinner, in this pact, while you inscribe a letter with trembling hand. All three of the poets we just listened to have educated me greatly and have influenced me profoundly in this time. So too have other voices, including tremendous voices from past times. Sometimes their ghost lingers still, and they too educate. This next selection is one of a chorus of ghosts that appear in my fourth book of poetry, Blood Run, a verse play that I pressed with Salt Publishing in the UK. The effort was composed during a long fight to protect a site and served as some of my testimony that succeeded to conserve and create Good Earth State Park. Ghost. With red-winged blackbird grace, we raise red grass as we pass over. Field, hill, meadow. The swirl, our motion, wobbles, leaves, causes scarlet, bee blossom, pimpernel, tall grass to swing, as if they run. 
We swirl loose dust, white red, fine powder lifts, sparks, and afternoon sunlight. This familiar rustle has been known since time in this world began. Levis amaranth, goosefoot, lamb's quarters, knotweed, anise, reed tobacco, if you meander long. Some of us have skeletons nearby. Allison, thank you so much for sharing those poems with us today and leading us to reflect on the ways that influences and educators shape us. Listeners, we're grateful to be here with you. Two weeks from now, on April 7th, we hope you'll join us again for an episode hosted by Peggy Robles Alvarado. Thanks again, and we hope to be with you soon. Poetry Centered is a project of the University of Arizona Poetry Center home to a world-class library collection of more than 80,000 items related to contemporary poetry in English and English translation. Located on the campus of the University of Arizona in Tucson, the Poetry Center Library and buildings are housed on the indigenous homelands of the Tohono O'odham people. Poetry Centered is the work of Diana Marie Delgado, that's me, and Julie Swarstad Johnson, with support from Sarah Jemski. Explore VOCA, the Poetry Center's audiovisual archive online at voca.arizona.edu.